0: Suspend your disbelief.
1: Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel.
2: Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And here we are. It's been a little while. We've got a real fine guest, Dan. We do. And
1: uh, But first, got to say, I think we've got some spring fever going on.
2: Yeah, but for sure. You know,
1: this wonderful weather we're having in southwestern Ontario. Uh, I, I'm sure our guest might have a little bit uh, different weather where she is, because I think it still might be snowing and blowing out there. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> She's she's making the face already. But uh, we have uh, a young lady by the name of Morgan Knudsen, and I hope I pronounced that properly. And she has been on a ton of podcasts and in a bunch of a ton of other media. I'm excited to talk to her. So, Morgan, thank you for joining us uh, with the Phantom Faction.
0: Glad to be here. Glad you guys asked me
1: hmm I'm glad we, I stumbled upon you. Now, I'm looking at your biography here, and it's a lengthy one. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but maybe you can give us some sense of who you are and, and uh, what your area of expertise is, and uh, then we'll go from there.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've uh, been doing, doing this for about 20 years. I've uh, been, been in paranormal research for, for about 20 years in education and uh my my great-great-grandfather founded the first paranormal association in canada uh back in the, the early 1900s uh was profound influence on parapsychology and in, in canada he's out of uh was out of mississauga so not too far from you guys oh, no. um, and uh yeah it made, made a made a massive impact with the idea that uh you know the spirituality and the paranormal doesn't have to be a frightening thing that that connection can be something that's really really positive and uh, you know it's throughout the throughout the years you know I've, i founded uh, or co-founded entity seeker uh, paranormal research and teachings and with uh, my one of my extremely good friends at the time uh, stephanie Wirtz, who has since passed away um but uh, you know, I can carry that on and into TV shows and uh, and carry that message into you know live shows, production, film. Uh, you know, as as many places as, as I can teach. Um, I won the the award for outstanding service to the city of Edmonton um, in 2008 for the for the pro- my program teaching the living, and uh, it's it's been a really cool cool journey to watch it get put into post secondary education programs and, and stuff like that. So um, you know, I've I've had experiences my whole life with, with paranormal phenomenon and I love it. I just, I love it. It's my passion and it's, it's, it's brilliant. So, so that's a bit about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, I guess with that in your past, especially with your grandfather, um, is this, is this something else that like, were your parents involved in, in the paranormal at all? Or, you know, did your mom have any mediumship abilities
0: Everybody kind of had experiences, I think, but there was, I, I think a lot of that generation was is sort of still in that realm of, you know, it's not really the greatest thing to be talking about it. I think there was still a bit of a stigma. I know my, my grandmother was very concerned about the whole thing because she had very negative experiences mm. uh, with the paranormal. So she didn't want like me involved in it at all because she thought everything was terrible and horrible and negative and uh and it just it never that message never stuck so, <laughs> so but my, my my parents i mean they they were they've always been very supportive or you know over the years um my dad my dad has since passed away um but uh they've always been extremely supportive of of it and and wanting to talk about it you know i, I think as it began to break open in our in our culture and with the information and you know with with where academia is going with it i think everybody started to realize that oh you know what it's actually okay to be talking about this so um more people that have paranormal experiences than not and then they were no different
1: i i I also find now uh even in my own experience that uh, it's something that is talked about around the water cooler a little bit more than in the past and uh you know even the three of us when when we're out in the community and we're talking to people, because because it is a an interest for all of us, a common interest, you know, when you bring it up, people don't tend to give you that weird look and shy away anymore. So, I, I guess that's a good thing for a lot of people.
0: I think it's a Really good thing because I think there's been there's been so much stigma and and the, to the detriment of so many people. You know, even you years and years and years ago when I mean you get and, and even still. You know, you get you get you know thrown in the in the hospital for you know seeing a dead loved one or you know saying that you are able to communicate with non physical. And I mean, it's a it's a really it's a dangerous stigma, and it needs to be broken down. And, uh, and that's definitely one thing that I know, like myself and my uh, like both the shows that I'm on right now, Haunted Hospitals and Paranormal Nine One One, both work to to start to deconstruct that stigma, and I think it's important.
1: Tell us about uh, teaching the living.
0: Sure. So teaching the was a, a concept that uh, Stephanie and I developed really early on. We've been I've been doing this for 20 years. And what we began to notice very early on in our research was that the emotional state of how people were going about their business, how they were being in the world, uh, was really showing an impact on the type of paranormal phenomenon that they were engaging and that they were experiencing. So what we began to see was the fact that there really is a very deep correlation with, with whether or not, you know, you're hanging out mostly in that negative end of of that emotional spectrum, or whether you know, you're doing okay, and you're you're more of a positive person, or a person that's willing to heal up their stuff and deal with their stuff. So it's really, it was really interesting to me, because as we began to examine this, and when we noticed people starting to change their their emotional centers, starting to deal with their their own stuff that was going on, they began to experience a different type of paranormal activity. And I it, it's such an important, I think it's such an important piece of the puzzle that, that a lot of people don't recognize. So the Teaching a Living program was really designed to put the power back in the hands of, of the individual, rather than chasing something that was outside themselves Heal up what they've got going, and then change their experiences for the better. So many, so much of the time, we would get these clients that would come to us over and over and over again, and say, "You know what? Like we had these people in, and you know they did something with the house, and it got better for a little bit, and then you know it, a, a couple of weeks later the activity came back. We had to move ten times." And Stephanie and I just realized, we're like, you know what? The problem is the common denominator is you. The common denominator is the person. Mm-hmm. And when we tied in that emotional, that, that, that emotional scale, uh, you know, with what was going on and realizing that this, this stuff mirrors you, it really does mirror you. Then we began to be able to treat the root of the problem at its core, rather than just trying to put band aid fixes on stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, one guest we've had on several times uh, and is a favorite of ours is Michelle de Roche and mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Michelle she's been on every paranormal show you can think of and her thing is when she gets rid of these uh, entities from people's homes is you know they'll come back if they want to and it's all up to you like you said it's your mindset it's your attitude it's filling your home with positivity and not creating i guess a, a breeding ground or a, a feeding zone for these things
0: right well yeah you know the the, the idea that you know i think i, I think we are that, you know that that we attract what we do into our experience because of our our expectation our state of expectation our, our emotional center our you know how we see the world what our filters are what our paradigms are you know all of that ends up be playing a role in in what's going on all that that damage that you know we we think we We've kind of buried and shoved under the rug comes out in some really weird ways, and it's not just paranormal ways. It can be it's just unique things like you know it comes out in finances, it comes out in relationships, it comes out in all of these different things. Because when we have any sort of a, a wound that's going on, that wound is going to bleed, and it, the paranormal phenomenon in our experience is will reflect that just as it reflects in in other ways. You know, it's it's really interesting.
1: Can you, uh, can you give us an example of a, a really serious case that you took on and one that really stands out?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, we actually had one, it was about two years ago, uh, uh that, that really hit home with me because of the the severity of what was happening. And it was a, a young couple who had a, a, a young son who was about three years old, three, four years old at the time, I guess about three. And, uh, mm-hmm when she phoned she they, they were in quite the mess they were to the point where they were sleeping in their their van outside because of the violence that was going on in the house with this with this entity and what kept happening was that the entity was i guess it kind of made its made its home in the the, the room of the the son and the wife was getting just completely just attacked by by whatever this intelligence was and it was it, it was awful. It was ugly, and, and it got to the point where you know the husband was was trying to intervene. The entity seemed to have a lot more respect for him than he did it did for her, and uh, it. But it became became a real mess. And what was interesting to me immediately was the fact that how it was seeing her versus how it was seeing him was so drastically different. And the kids the kids always kind of pick up on the vibration of the parents that they're closest to, so they end up. You know, I'm usually reflecting back a very similar vibration that the, the parents have going on, so that didn't surprise me. But I wanted to get to the bottom of why the 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 woman in this case was having the, the trouble that she was, because she was being being hit, she was being scratched, bitten. I mean, it was it was awful. It was an awful way to live. And um, when I first asked her, I said, you know, tell me about tell me about your your past. Tell me about you know, give me your history. And her immediate response was, "Everything's great. I've had a great life. Everything's perfect. I have the perfect husband. I have the," perfect... and it went on and on and on. And I knew immediately that she, that she wasn't being forthcoming. She wasn't telling the truth. And finally, as the story went on, she finally began to admit that she, before the the husband that she was with, th- currently, she was with a, a man who was extremely physically abusive, and mm. he. He was aggressive. He was emotionally abusive, the works. And she had escaped that relationship and was now with a guy who was fantastic. I mean, you know, he was great. And when I asked her, I was like, how how much of that relationship did you heal up when you left? And she's like, oh, I don't think about that. I'm like, hold on a minute. (laughs) You can't leave a situation like that for years and years and live in that for years and years and years and not have damage that has come from that that you are not you're not dealing with this and it took her a little bit and at first she was she was really reluctant to to uh, to engage this because it was a subject she'd just pushed so far underneath um but i said look you know the way that you're going to start to heal this up i said this negative entities are funny because they have a way (laughs) of reflecting back to you where your wounds are every time they've got they got a way of doing it and they're, they, they, they're an indicator, they're, they're an emotional indicator. And I said, until this heals up, you are not going to get where you want to be with your family, it's, it's not going to work, you got to heal that stuff up. So it wasn't long afterwards that she ended up she got her got herself into some therapy, and started to deal with this stuff. And as it was coming up, uh, she was able to start to sit in it to heal it to to embrace what was going on. And to leave that where it was so that she could move on with her family and as she did everything started to to ease off in the home and they were able to move back in and and things started to to ease off but it was it was very much in correlation with with her having to heal that because they do they 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 will resonate with with whatever you got going on and they mirrored that back so that was a case that definitely stood out
1: and how's the home now
0: fine they're doing really? great um really great um you know and no, I mean, no all, issues at all no issues and you know the son was able to he was able to move back into his room um you know every everything eased off but it's something that you know as if if she's got that emotional stuff to deal with and it starts to come up she knows now that she's going to start to deal with it mm. and it's 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 important it's just important yeah i think that
2: uh they can go with a if you have a low vibrational rate uh negativity i think they can connect with that much more than the positivity and uh so like you said if once that vibrational rate changed everything kind of eased off then so
0: yeah because you're not on their radar anymore if it, I, the way i want to describe it is, it's kind of like a radio dial if you want to think of your emotions like a like a like a radio dial so if you've got you know say depression at the low end and say you know, joy and passion and the great stuff on the on the other end you know if you're generally resonating in in the low end of things and you've got stuff going on that you're not dealing with then what happens is you're you're kind of broadcasting that frequency and, and you're not gonna get what's on you know 98.5 FM at the other end. You're gonna get what's on 88.8 8 AM on the other side. Mm-hmm. And you know, until you start to tune that radio and tune your way back up that emotional scale, that's that's just where where you're gonna be resonating. So it's not necessarily that like, the entity you know disappears or anything like that, but you end up just starting to receive better. You know, you you might end up on the on the end where you're receiving um some you know something that's really good like a a loved one that you miss that you've you wanted to connect with or um you know the, the fun stuff all the enjoyable stuff that you you know you want to experience in this really cool world um but you know as soon as we start to linger to that side then we end up resonating with all of this sort of muck and mire on the other side of it and it's it's not good right
2: so bottling stuff up inside of you that's bothered you for years is a bad thing then, too. It's,
0: it's going to bleed. It's, it's going to bleed. You know, as soon as, yeah. as, soon as we start to, to you know, stick Band-Aids over stuff and we're not dealing with it, that infection starts to grow. And, and you know, we see it all the time. In, in people that are struggling in poor relationships, or they're struggling with, you know, drug addiction or alcoholism or anything like that, it comes out in different ways in different people. But and in, in in some paranormal cases, you end up getting explosions of, of psychokinesis, the PK phenomenon, where you know that's been attached to the emotions of anger and rage and and those emotions, and you get these explosions of, of activity. Um, but you know, it comes out in different ways, and and the I think the paranormal and and that stuff it's just another it's an remote everything's an emotional indicator
2: right something interesting that you said uh, was that different people might see the entity in a different way one might yeah. see it as very evil another might see it as a little elf or something or um, so that that's true
0: yeah it, what's well, interesting because everybody's perception we, we're, we perceive energy differently and, you know, you'll get accounts of, say, for example, everybody sitting in a room and seeing an apparition of somebody that they knew and they'll all report seeing the same apparition, doing the same thing, but the apparition looks like it's at different ages to every person. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting because, and I think it does come back to the idea that we're just, we're just translating energy. That's all we're doing. And whether it be light, whether it be, you know, texture or what whatever that is you know it, how we how we determine what that looks like all it it factors into how our brains are perceiving the the world hmm.
2: incredible uh, you've done some work with um haunted hospitals as soon as i saw you i was like i know there i know her but <laughs> i was like the haunted hospitals um and uh, of course, you know there's a uh, people passing away in hospitals uh, all the time, and and um, the spirits there are are they fresh? Do they hang out there? I mean, why would you want to hang out at the hospital type of deal?
0: Well, what I've found is it's really in, it's an it been an interesting gambit of, of, uh, a gamut of of uh, gamut of of cases with with haunted hospitals because <laughs> it's everything from you know, these visitations, these amazing, incredibly beautiful stories to the stuff that's really scary. And, and a lot of uh, what we call residual energy. And I, and I think we've had so many cases of residual energy, it kind of bears repeating Um, because whenever we get a, a building or a place that has high levels of emotional impact then t- sometimes if we've got the right environmental conditions, what can happen is we get a replay of events. There, were, there was a case on actually just this past season where that's exactly what happened. It was a, a young mother who had come in to come into the hospital. She thought her, she wasn't feeling well. Um, she was still pregnant and she thought, uh, just something's off. I, I got to get to the hospital. She ends up there and she starts seeing this apparition of this young woman calling for her baby and she's seeing an old pram beside her bed and it's just on repeat over and over and over and over again and she didn't understand what was going on but long story short the the hospital itself had had a flood there there was a, a I think it was a hurricane or something like that that had gone on in the in the area and they had taken in all of these these patients and these victims of this this hurricane and then this was this was decades ago so what was interesting to me about this case was that she because she was was you know she was pregnant she was worried about her baby here she is resonating with this this imprint in the environment it wasn't something that was intelligent it was just this imprint that had been left in, in in the place so we've been getting a lot of that um and uh and i think hospitals are they're ripe for it because we're just you know you've got all this emotional stuff up and down up and down all the time so there's there's activity going on
1: constantly it's different for every spirit their experience yeah uh, i think uh, yeah i
0: think the uh you know when i think there's a big misconception with a lot of with a lot of, of people that you know entities you know if they die some terrible death of these people get stuck somewhere or whatever. And there's no basis in parapsychology for that. When we get into the academic papers, um, what we find is that it's there, these people are coming in visitation back and forth. And when people are seeing these repeats of these images and whatnot, it's usually residual energy. It's not that the entity is stuck. It's just that you've got a, a, it's almost like a needle on a phonograph that's playing over and over and over again. And uh, so yeah, with the hospitals, you know, everybody's got a different experience because everybody's sitting at a different vibrational frequency, emotional frequency.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm. Um, we've actually been trying to get some nurses or somebody on and they seem to have locked right down. So I'm always impressed that they get people to talk on this program.
0: <laughs> it's tough. It's, it's tough, yeah. you know, and, and the producers, they talk to me about it all the time. And, I mean, you know, there's such a stigma about, you know, doctors and nurses coming forward. And it's it's a real problem, because they're some of our most reliable witnesses, especially, you know, in paranormal 911, when we're talking to first responders, I mean, here, these people are their only job is to show up and treat the patient. You know, they're not looking for this to happen. They're not looking at anything, but the patient in front of them. And they start having these these incredible experiences so i mean there's some of our best witnesses but there's such a stigma within the medical community that they, they say you know oh you're crazy or oh you've got burnout or you know maybe this person's unstable and shouldn't have their job so it's 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 an issue so i'm hoping that you know as we go along with these seasons that you know we're going to start to break down some of that stigma
2: oh yeah yeah
0: i'm curious if you have any any abilities well you know it's funny because i think everybody has got abilities i i think we're we are rooted at our core to be able to communicate with non-physical and source and, and whatever you call that energy I, I think we're we're all meant to do that um, but you know i've had some pretty cool experiences over the years um you know i've i i meditate often um i plug into that often um, you know i was mentioning my was stephanie uh who, founded Entity Seeker with me. She passed away. Um, you know, I chat with her every once in a while through, through meditation. And it's, it's awesome because I, I think, and I think more people should be able to, to plug in to do that, but we live in such a busy world that I think so much of the time we, we kind of prize that we've got so much going on in our head um, that nobody really takes the time to kind of sit and tune back in with, with that, with that energy that that is us, you know, we're not separate from that energy. So I, so I guess I have abilities. I, <laughs> I don't know, but I, but I think we, I think we all do. I think, I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't think anybody's, you know, unique in that way, but I think people hone it. And um, like, I work with a, a brilliant guy, uh, Matt, and uh, he's one of one, of, I guess you call him a medium, but he's probably one of the, the best I've ever worked with. And, uh, and his ability to do that is just, it it blows my mind and he's able to pick up on psychometry and all sorts Mm. of stuff, but, um, and I'm terrible at psychometry. I can't do it at all. So (laughs) I don't know, but yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've definitely had stuff happen and, um, uh, yeah, I've, I I hope it gets better. (laughs) I hope I get, I hope I I pick up on more. Morgan,
1: I've got a question for you. And, and, uh, it, it seems like we were talking about, uh, synchronicities and uh, no no coincidences but I, I got an email today from a listener a gentleman from Oklahoma uh, most of our listeners are in the USA and uh, he was telling me that he's never had any experiences in, in his life but he listened to our podcast and then he and it coincided with uh, an episode of uh, paranormal survivor mm-hmm. and uh, that night he had his first paranormal experience where something came off his wall in his laundry room uh, a big heavy uh, iron thing and it slid down the wall and the light came on and he says there's no way that it it could uh, it could have turned the light on because you have to flip the switch up and something falling down doesn't make something go up and he said you know it kind of freaked him out and you know i've had people say to me like is watching horror movies or these paranormal shows or listening to these creepy podcasts can, can i bring things in can i attract them so what would you, what would you say to that
0: you know I, I where we put our attention is where our attraction point really starts i mean you know and if we're if we're putting our attention onto something that is, you know, is, is creating an emotional reaction. Cause that's really the key is, is what's creating the emotional reaction. Um, you know, of course you, you begin to resonate there and, and whatnot. So, I mean, it, I, I think, I think ultimately it's not really about, you know, monitoring, you know, your thoughts or trying to figure it all out or, or anything like that. Because we can't. We have like 64,000 thoughts plus a day. It's, it's just insane. Um, but I think it's, it's paying attention to how you're feeling. And thankfully, you know, this wonderful universe of ours really does have kind of a buffer of time before stuff starts to show up. And thank God it does, or else, you know, we think of a pink elephant, all of a sudden we have pink elephants everywhere. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's it really is a matter of where you're putting your attention predominantly. And, you know, if if you've got, if you're hanging out in, in fear and walking around in fear all the time, yeah, you're going to have stuff that starts to reflect that state of being that, that starts to pop up. But, I mean, I, I love, you know, a, a good horror movie and, and and whatever. It's it's fun. It's It's great. Um, but, you know, and then we, we turn it off and we leave it, you know, it doesn't mean that we're predominantly stuck there. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but I think if you, I think if you're wandering around in that state all the time and you've got that state of expectation going, yeah, something something's going to crop up. Well,
1: you know, it's funny it, when I was a kid, uh, you know, and if you want to go back and listen to our very first podcast to get a sense of, you know, the three of us, except for poor Rachel, she's, she's a late comer. but, uh, I grew up in a haunted home. And I had to get uh, professional, quote unquote, help to get rid of this uh, malevolent spirit. And the psychic medium had told me, I don't, and I was 14 at the time. And she says, I don't want you watching any more horror movies, no more Stephen King novels, no more scary comic books, blah, 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 until you're 21 years old. And I was like, oh my God, that's like a death sentence for me, right? <laughs> so, but I did it. And her thing was, I don't want you opening your mind up to this and bringing these types of things in. And that's why I had asked that question.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a really good point. And I I think different people respond to this stuff differently. Too. Mm. You know, I mean, some people can watch it and be very objective and pull themselves away from it. And then other people can't other people are just, you know, right into it, you know, they go to bed thinking about it, they're, you know, it freaks them out, and whatever. um You know, so I think it, it really does depend on on how you're perceiving it and being aware and in touch with yourself enough to realize, okay, wait a minute, like, <laughs> I'm not dealing with this very well. No. You know, and, and so I mean, it, I think it does, it's, it's an individual thing.
1: Do you ever bring spirits home when you, after you visited uh, locations that you're trying to assist?
0: Never have. um, But I mean, I've I've lived with plenty. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So lived with plenty and never brought, never brought anything home or anything like that. Um, But uh, the, uh, I've had tons of experiences. Like you you grew up with, uh, you know, haunted places, lived in multiple haunted homes, uh, all very, very different from one another. You, uh, but no you, nothing nothing can, uh,
1: can you tell us a cu- about a couple that really stood out for you
0: sure yeah i i grew up most of most of my life in uh, Vancouver uh, and uh, used to live in, in surrey and there was this this house that, that my family had uh in, in this this one little residential area and that was probably one of the most haunted places I've ever lived they when we moved in there was nothing really in towards we had a Uh, my iguana at the time and our little dog. And uh, we began hearing uh, very soon after a dog walking up and down up our hallway. And you'd be sitting in a bedroom and you could hear the footsteps of this dog. And for the longest time, we just thought it was our dog, until we heard the dog at some point come into the room, and we felt it jump up on the bed. And there's no dog, um, so there's stuff like that that started to go on. The, the basement area, which was a finished basement with a, uh, it was an open basement, so it had a, a glass sliding glass door out to the, the yard. Um, it had a an energy to it that none of us liked right off the bat. It, um, going down there was always you always felt like you were being very closely watched. Um, You'd come back up the stairs and you felt like you were getting chased by a guard dog coming back up the stairs. Like it was just, it was a very unpleasant basement. And we began to hear what I now can identify as residual energy. Can I just just
1: pause you for a second? Did Did you just hear that? I swear I just heard a female voice twice. Really? Yeah, sometimes we get EVPs on the show and i I swear i just heard a female voice twice so i've had time down yeah if anybody's sorry to interrupt you but if anybody's listening okay then uh let us know if you hear anything uh and i'm I'm sorry to uh interrupt but i I had to
0: let me know if (laughs) oh i will i will because
1: it does happen often yeah yeah
0: that's that's so cool
1: we haven't had Um, it in, in quite a while but uh who knows which house it's coming from it might be coming from your place or my place yeah.
0: or, so. oh that's i think that's fan- i think that's yeah. fantastic please let me know i'm sorry um, Keep,
1: please continue the dog
0: yeah so the dog, <laughs> the so, dog. so yeah we, we began to realize that there were there was some residual energy going on in the form of uh um, both a man and a woman where um my my dad on a number of occasions heard a woman crying that he thought was me uh, and would come in and ask me if I was okay, and I was I was fine, um, but he was hearing a woman crying from the basement, and there were nights where we would be sitting upstairs, and we would hear what sounded like the sliding glass doors and whatnot downstairs that went out to the yard, open and slam shut as hard as you can slam these doors shut. We'd go down, and they were locked. There was, there was no movement at all, um, but what we realized was that we were, we were listening to the sounds of what appeared to be domestic violence. You know, you'd hear this, this woman crying, you'd hear, you know, these doors slamming, you'd hear it, it was just, it was, and the e- energy in the house was, was quite heavy in the basement. Um, but apart from the residual energy, there seemed to be another intelligence that was there, some kind of, of negative entity um, that seemed to, that seemed to um, just kind of hang out in the basement area and would fight with our dog constantly our living dog. And, uh, we, we would have evenings where, for example, we would go out for dinner and we'd come home and the thermostat, which was one of the dial thermostats would be cranked as far as you could possibly get it. And our dog would be passed out on the floor, just literally panting for gasping for air. And so we would, we took to duct taping these thermostats down because obvious for obvious reasons and we would end up coming back and the whole thermostat would be cranked way up again um with duct tape still in place so lots of stuff that was that was going on in in that regard but it was just there was something going on in the house all the time all the time and uh, i I would love to go back to that property because it was phenomenal uh,
1: it's funny because when i was a kid uh, our spirit messed with our thermostat all the time and it was the dial it was the dial type just like you described yeah. and my dad put screws on either side of the needle to keep it from from moving and one day we came out in the morning and the dial was on the other side of the screw yeah yeah.
0: So yeah. I was like, hmm. <laughs> so yeah. did, did,
1: did you ever did you ever figure out what was going on in the house or did you call anybody? No, I time? mean at
0: the time, like we ended up moving to uh, to Alberta from hmm. that house. Um so and it was a rental property. So I, we we never looked into it. Um, you know, as I was only about, I don't know, 10 to 14 years old at the time. So I wasn't, you know, needless to say, I didn't have the means to go in and, and check it out. But I, I mean, I would love to know what, it, what had happened there. Cause there's clearly there was, it had a history to it.
1: Right. Were you ever afraid of spirits or was it something you kind of accepted or just, you know, you got into that, you know, a tough cookie mindset <laughs> like early on in <laughs> life or because was- I know, I know a lot of people who would like run, out of the house and like sleeping. yeah the I mean, my
0: first experience I think kind of cured me of 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 that. the first experience I had just literally scared the hell out of me and I I always kind of joke that it just that was that was you know all the fear was just gone after that and that was, it was fine but it was the first experience I had when I was a kid again it was in a place in BC I was like I don't know eight or nine years old and uh I ended up uh, sort of running into an entity that was living in a house or a, a fourplex that we that we were living in uh, at the time, and this the, the activity in the house was was pretty consistent. But the one morning I'd gone downstairs and I'd heard somebody in the kitchen, and I thought it was my parents. And I thought, you know, okay, well somebody's up. It was very early; it was still dark. And I, you know, I said hello, and the footsteps in the kitchen just stopped cold. And I immediately knew there was no response. And I immediately knew it wasn't them. And I thought, my, my first thought was somebody's broken into the house and I'm waiting for this person to like come around the corner because from the stairs, I couldn't see the, the, the kitchen itself. And what did come around the corner eventually was this, this very opaque being that kind of whipped around the corner and like zipped up to me as like fast as you, could, you can imagine. And it just scared the hell out of me. Um, you know, and after that, know i i think i kind of had to make a choice at that point where i thought okay you know this was terrifying but i really want to know what this is and it really began to fuel my interest in in the the paranormal and what was going on and i was was lucky at the time because the resources that i i started reading and studying were really great investigators people like carrie gainer lloyd auerbach you know really educated human beings and i and i think I think having delved into that knowledge and their knowledge first, Sorry. it allowed me to see it from a more scientific perspective. And I was, I was able to kind of distance myself a little bit from the, from the fear and just allow curiosity to just take over.
1: And do you find yourself pretty fearless now in regards yeah, to the paranormal?
0: Yeah, and I, I think I that think it, it's not necessarily, it, I guess I've replaced fear with respect. And you know, there's there's never a time where you know, if especially if I'm, if I'm dealing with with the negative stuff, you know, that I'm going and taking it for granted because I mean, they got the upper hand. I can't see them. I mean, if I'm gonna get in a fight with one of those, it's not gonna end well. You know, <laughs> so I mean, you know, you're always you're always taking you're, you're always taking it with uh you know with with great respect. And uh, you know, especially here in Alberta, you know, we deal with a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, First Nations, uh, spirituality, we deal with a lot of that. So there's stuff that I'm learning all the time, where I think, you know what, I've, I've got a handle on this, and then something else comes up, and I go, man, I've never dealt with this before, I gotta, I gotta sit and, and, and be a student again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's all about, I think, you know, replacing the fear with respect, but when you do feel fear, be able to observe it, be able to observe the fear, take a step out of it, Acknowledge it, and then, and then, you know, center yourself from a from a state of being that that isn't the fear. You don't allow it to take over. Um, you, you know, you, you you distance yourself, you observe it, and then make an action from from a centered place.
2: You do some uh, walking tour, or I shouldn't say walking tour. You do some stage uh, stuff as far as uh, speaking uh, on the paranormal. Uh, I noticed on your website that uh, you also use a little bit of fire art. Can you yes. tell us a bit about that? That's yeah. the that's that the, was the was one the... video I watched was was the
1: fire yeah. one. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> but, and how it ties I in, of course. Well, it, you know, it's, it's funny because the, I, I, like you were saying, I, you know, I do, I did do a lot of stage work, at least until everything got shut down. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, my, the live shows are my absolute favorite thing um, in being with audiences, being with, you know, whether it be classrooms or expos or conferences or whatever. I just, I love having that engagement with, with people. And what I found was that people all had very strict paradigms about how the paranormal was supposed to work or it was supposed to function. And then of course you have the skeptics who, you know, would would come in and they were just completely shut down to the idea. And I've been a fire performer for about, I don't know, I guess about six, seven years now. And, uh, I I love doing that as well. Um, and I realized there was such a carryover from what I was doing with the fire to, to, and, and what I was doing mentally in order to, to be able to do the tricks that I do. Um, and, and the paranormal and shifting people's paradigms. So I began to use the fire arts to start to break down people's paradigms about how they think the world works. You know what? It's like we've all been told that, you know, fire is hot, don't touch fire, don't do that, and whatever. And, you know, to be able to sort of come on stage and say, yes, you're right, fire is hot, fire can be destructive, however... There's these loopholes that if you understand the science of the fuel, you understand the science of of fire, of of thermal lag, of all of these different qualifications, then you can do the things that you thought were impossible. And once I'm able to sort of demonstrate that to the audience and say, look, this is is possible. If I can break that paradigm, then you have to at least owe me the time to break down your paradigms about what you think the paranormal is as well. And I think that, that crossover is such a great visual demonstration. And as I say, for me, it is it's one of the most Zen arts that you, that you can get into. It's, it's amazing. Morgan, one of the one of the videos that you have on
1: your website is uh, one that really interests me, and I'm going to watch it for sure. Is uh, shadow people? Should we talk to them? Um, shadow the shadow person phenomena is probably one of the biggest or most active or um, not uh, like one that everybody seems to encounter at some stage in their life, whether it's the Hat Man or just regular shadow people. Um, can you give us some kind of thoughts on on what they are and
0: what? Yeah, their, you know, there's, there's been so much. I think so much. Uh, I guess speculation about <laughs> what they are. I don't think we've ever really come to a conclusion about it. But they, they are they definitely seem to be, again, you know, we talked a little bit before here about, about that translation of energy and how we view this energy and things like that. And I, I, they seem to be something that is just, you know, in and out of our, our environment. Um, they seem to be, uh, you know, the hat man typically is, uh, seems to be associated with something a little bit more on the negative side, which is which is interesting. Um, so what they are, I think that, that question is still really open. Um, but they definitely seem very curious. Here, here in Edmonton, we've got uh, an interesting phenomenon in our river valley that sort of led me to, to start to look into this this phenomenon a little bit more. And since then I've learned that it's not just our river valley but water areas all over the place all over Canada uh, and the states where the there's, there seems to be this great big sort of black, form this this shadow person that's very two-dimensional um that is seen all in and around the the little communities around our river valley area and i thought this was very unique to edmonton for the longest time and then i found out that much later that no it's it's not this is this is something that uh, around these like water areas wooded areas that these are seen quite quite readily Um, they seem to be something that is very very old um, they they come off as something that is uh, you know far older than you know the, I think the people hanging around here um, but they, they seem very curious they're very uh, in you know they're either engaging and they they want to engage or they're just slipping out of people's people's view um, so I mean there's there's a lot of speculation about them but um uh, you know in in terms of what they are they definitely don't seem to be you know spirits in the sense of you know somebody who's who's passed over or something like that they, they definitely have their own behavior patterns and uh so so but what they are i think it's still up for debate
1: mm-hmm. i i i tend to think they're more of an interdimensional type of being than a spirit i would agree yeah so morgan um for people who are listening Uh, and people who might be having issues at home with something going bump in the night. uh, What kind of advice, you know, quickly could you give them until they've they've solved their, their issue? I
0: I think the the first thing is, you know, if it is gauge, gauge how it feels when it's happening. That's one of the first things is to pay attention to because most of the questions that I'll, I'll usually get are, you know, I don't know whether this is good or bad. And so much of the time, it, it's really not about examining whether the phenomenon is good or bad. It's it's how, number one, how it makes you feel, how you've been feeling, you know, what do you have going on, um, you know, in your experience to, to know whether or not that's that's something that's negative. I mean, if, if you've been sitting in a, an emotional mess for, you know, the last two years and you've had stuff going on that wasn't so good, you know, there there's your answer answer um you know you're always going to get where you're resonating emotionally so um that's always my my first thing and my my second thing is is that not to fear the non-physical um you know this stuff is we're meant to connect with this stuff and it doesn't have to be bad you know and we really do sit with the power to change that we we have the power to to determine what it is that we're, we're receiving, where we are in that emotional scale. So to not let ourselves get overwhelmed by something that we feel often is being asserted on us because that's how it feels sometimes when we're in a haunted place. Um, but you know, we really do have the, have the power to change that, but it, it comes down to how willing you are to do some of that hard work or do some of that emotional work. Um, and when you do that, know that when you get up to that other end when you're feeling better you're feeling joyful you you know you've, you've got things going on then the phenomenon that you end up experiencing is amazing it, it's like it, you know it's out of a it's, it's magical and it's the way the world's supposed to be is, is magical and joyous um so yeah that that would be off the top that's that would be what i would suggest to people
2: dave let me ask you about uh, do you believe in aliens
0: yeah, I think, you know, I, I love the analogy with, with aliens that um, you know, we, we sort of take a cup to an ocean and then pick mm-hmm. the, you know, pick the cup up, look in the water and say there's no sharks and then we, you know, throw the cup out and therefore there's no sharks in the ocean. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's kind of how we are with <laughs> the aliens mm-hmm. too. You know, I, I think there there is there is intelligence out there. I, I don't know whether it's gonna look like what we think it will. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I like culturally you know, the description of aliens and and whatnot is very cultural dependent uh, and how people are reporting back what these things are or whatever. So, I mean, I, I, but I, I think there's, there's intelligence out there. I mean, to me, it just, it makes sense.
2: Do you believe that it's all related in the paranormal?
0: Um, you know, I, there's definitely some overlap. I mean, over the years, there's there's been a lot of studies that have been done where um you know people that have seen say for example uh orb activity uh outside and then they find out later you know there's been a ufo sighting uh and, and stuff like that but i think the problem the problem is in trying to be, in trying to pull that all apart is the fact that there's so much phenomenon that's going on in the world that it's very easy for those things to overlap so right. i mean it's so it's hard to be able to dissect that and pull it apart and say okay well um, you know, we we saw a bunch of you know UFO sightings over some First Nations burial grounds. Well, the majority of the West is First Nations burial grounds. Like the reality is, it's, it's very easy to put those two things together. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely some overlap going on. I mean, we've seen it in, in in some cases, but yeah, trying to trying to pull those apart as to what what is separate and what isn't, I think is, it's a it's a hard job. And I'm I'm not I'm not into ufology in terms of like as as deep as some people are. Um, so I, I don't think I'm the one to pull part.
1: <laughs> now, now, someone who's lived in British Columbia and Alberta, what are your thoughts on this guy?
0: Oh, the big Sasquatch! <laughs> you know Adios. what? I'm, my
1: my Bigfoot, my Sasquatch.
0: I love your the Sasquatch is fantastic. By the way, um, I know I am I am a huge huge fan of, of Sasquatch. I've uh, I, I'm good friends with a, a number of cryptozoologists who, who I, I greatly admire, and uh, I think. I, I think there—it it absolutely is real. I, I think what people are seeing is real. My, uh, just—you know—south of me in Calgary, over the, the quarantine period, there were people that were seeing um, more Bigfoot coming closer uh, to the trails and whatnot. And there was a video out a little while ago where it was—it was, uh, it was a, what they believe was a Bigfoot, you know, walking closer to the hiking trails because people weren't around. Um, so, you know, I think—I I think yeah, absolutely. I think the evidence is overwhelming that Mm -hmm. there's
2: there's something there Mm -hmm. i think we quiz you up on these things just because in past shows well we have you know had other people on too that have talked about uh that it's all basically a relationship now what you said earlier about uh people can see different things probably like your spirits in different ways i think that could be related to the aliens if you're going to go out looking for aliens one night you'll probably see a ufo uh
0: well yeah and, and that's that's the thing is is that i think we forget that we live in an energetic environment we live in a world that is completely energy and you know that term gets overused so much it, it kind of drives me a little nuts but it we really are you know everything around us is malleable and we forget that we, we think we're, we're so rooted we're so good at translating the physicalness of our experience that we forget that this that we, we ourselves are are malleable our our energy you know when we go to even sit down on something the reason why we don't fall through it is because we're vibrating at two different frequencies we've i mean it's it's so in depth so i mean I think every everything that we're experiencing in our world is absolutely interconnected with each other i mean that is I think that's that's just undeniable mm-hmm. um the question is is you know what is the relationship between everything and that becomes a big question
1: Morgan, just to make our listeners happy, can you share with us one more creepy story <laughs> and then we're gonna wrap things up
0: I can give us can give give it. us a
1: good one, oh, a good I, I, one. Got
0: a, I have a good one for you so all right um actually I'll, I'll I'll tell you guys one uh, that, I, that i ended up writing about in my book teaching a living uh because it just stood out to me so greatly <laughs> um our the, the friend of mine that I was I was telling you about that I work with uh, uh Matt he had a very interesting experience when he was a kid that ended up translating into what we do now and uh, it started in St. Albert. He ended up having a very bizarre illness. And St. Albert is about 20 minutes outside of Edmonton. Um, very, very bizarre illness. And he was taken to the doctor. He had swollen hands and feet. He had a rash on his hands and feet. His face swelled up. He was a mess. And he, they didn't know what was wrong with him. The doctors couldn't diagnose it. Eventually, they were able to send him home. And he ended up having these basically what what they thought at the time were night terrors uh but he was convinced they absolutely were not that these this was absolutely real of this four-legged dog-like emaciated thing that was crawling through his bedroom window and getting in his face and searching the room at night and then crawling back out the window and leaving and it destroyed his childhood like absolutely destroyed his childhood because he was beginning he was seeing this thing not only at night but there was stuff that started happening in the house he had another very strange looking thing crawl onto his bed in the middle of the day um and whatnot which really ruled out the idea that this was a nightmare of some sort and and this went on for a very very long time anyway long story short uh, we ended up about six or seven years ago. So it was very recent because we didn't know what to make of this thing um, for, for ages. It haunted him for a long time to try to figure out what the hell he was looking at. And what we discovered was that in St. Albert, it, within walking distance of his old house, he ended up, there was a a fellow who was very well known in, in local history by the name of Swift Runner. And Swift Runner was a Cree trapper who had come down from Legale, which is north again of St Albert. And back in the late 1800s, and he had shown up at this mission and said his family had passed away from uh, famine. and he had been the, his family had been out and uh, you, they, they died of starvation and he didn't know what to do, and he'd come to the mission for help. And they let him in, um, it was a fellow by the name of Father Lacombe uh, let him in, and as they were watching him, what they discovered was that he was having these, these nightmares, what seemed like nightmares, of what he what they call the Wendigo breaking into his room and attacking him in the middle of the night. And they ended up, long story short, calling, his, calling the police because they, something wasn't right with the whole thing. And uh, when the police came, the the uh, Northwest Mounted Police, they arrested him and took him up back to Galle, where his, they said his family had died. And it turned out that he had actually murdered his entire family and eaten them. So the the he claimed that it was because of the entity called the Wendigo. And the Wendigo in First Nations lore, um, for uh, both the Algonquin, the Cree tribes, Métis, all of them, uh, have some version of this where it's this great big gigantic almost dog-like thing with long spindly arms and legs with uh this hollow chest some describe it like a dog's head some describe it almost like a gray um depending on which which uh uh, people you 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 reference and um uh he firmly believed up until the moment he Was hung at Fort Saskatchewan that this thing was attacking him. And the police, when we looked into the records, the officers who had him housed up um, and who were living adjacent in Fort Saskatchewan to where his cell was would hear him screaming bloody murder that this thing was coming in his window. So Matt, as this little kid, is living walking distance from where Swift Runner was actually experiencing this thing coming into into the the mission and attacking him. And what we think happened was that Matt might have actually been picking up on the with the either the memory or the thought form or the residual energy of what was going on in the at the time with with Swift Runner, but it changed his life. And it made me look at uh, uh, the First Nations stories a whole lot different after that.
1: Wow, that's creepy.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's really oh, yeah. cool. You, a one.
2: <laughs> that was a good one.
1: That was a good one.
2: <clears throat> Morgan, you
0: so you are the like author of uh Teaching the Living. Is there another book in the works? There is. Um, I've got another one that's going to be coming out. I'm hoping in the next year, it's a beast of a project <laughs> called the silent dreamers. And I'm um, hoping that with, with the focus of this one is, is going to be about uh, the, the stigma of, of mental illness and, and paranormal phenomenon, because there's so much in the world of academics now that is making it extremely blatant and clear. The fact that this is not hallucinations. These are, this is not mental illness there's more going on um and so i'm hoping that this book's gonna gonna start to hammer through that that stigma
1: wow okay. when, when can we expect to see that
0: god i'm hoping the end of the year
1: really. <laughs>
0: i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm i'll be posting it that's well, for sure
1: already rachel now, you have something else
0: i do <laughs> with uh writing that book i'm just uh this is just a little message for you
2: um to call the shots with this one and um uh, the story is for you to tell. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah
0: okay. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome.
1: <laughs> Rachel's our medium, just in case you were wondering. So
0: yes, yeah. she always
1: she always picks up something on every on every guest. So I was That's waiting awesome. for her. I was waiting for her to strike.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: Morgan, teaching the living, your book from heartbreak to happiness into hunger did homework can people find it
0: it is on amazon u.s canada japan the, the works um and uh you can there's a, a link on uh, my website entityseeker.ca as well where you can pick that up
1: and that's also where people can get a hold of you if they wished.
0: absolutely yeah um, entityseeker.ca
1: awesome and other than this new book you're working on what's next for you what can we expect um, to see
0: I think there, there's definitely a, a turn in um, in film and production. I think uh, there, you're going to see a lot more of me in uh, TV. Uh, the new season of haunted hospitals uh, just began here in Canada a couple of weeks ago. So that's just launched. Uh, we're hoping to push uh, a new uh, season of paranormal 911 as well. Um, so that's super exciting. And I'm hoping, you know, eventually when if, if stuff starts to, uh, to open back up, then we can start, you know, booking the live workshops and stuff like that again, too, because I'm, I miss that. I think more than more than anything. It's, it's that's a, a wonderful thing. So
1: awesome. Well, we're going to thank you once again for being on the podcast. Um, yeah. And we'll have to have you back. Because I'm sure you got a lot. Of, I'm sure you got a you have a lot more stories to share.
0: Oh, there's plenty. <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah, but uh, it sounds like your book is the way to go. And check uh, check out uh, Morgan on the EntitySeeker.ca. And uh, thank you so much once again. Thank you guys. Phantom Faction Podcast: A podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal to reach out to Phantom Faction. See our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. At